Welcome to the Move Forward Podcast with Dr. Kim Moss. We're absolutely passionate and committed to equipping believers to move forward in their life with Jesus, their careers, and their family. Each episode is designed specifically with you in mind to help you overcome the obstacles you're facing and truly move forward. We know you'll love this episode. Here's your host, Kim Moss. Hey, everybody. It's Kim Moss. Welcome to another episode of Move Forward. Today, I want to talk about your prayer life. (laughs) my prayer life. You know, I understand there's a struggle sometime and uh, we need to develop our prayer life. It's just like anything else that we want to establish as a practice or as a habit. You know, we need to develop it and we need to spend time doing it and uh, and we need to, to do it frequently and consistently if we want it to be a habit. And so it's important to develop a prayer life. A prayer life is really important to being part of a prophetic community. I know I say that a lot, and uh, but because I really understand from Scripture that we are a prophetic community, and I am really hot on this issue of reclaiming our prophet, prophethood as a church, the prophethood of all believers. But just to be a Christian means that we pray, means that we have this relationship with God that we nurture through conversation. I mean, just think about that. We get to have conversation with the creator of the universe, with God himself. We, we get to have this uh, back and forth exchange regarding what we're thinking, what he's thinking, what he's saying, what he's doing, where we're at in our lives, the issues that we're having, the problems that we're having, the, the obstacles that we're facing, the decisions that we need to make. I mean, my goodness, the list is endless, isn't it? And what a blessing, what an amazing opportunity that we have that a lot of us don't take enough advantage of, really. I mean, when you think about it, scripture says all kinds of things about prayer. Some of the ones that I love, some of my personal favorites, you know, is that ask anything in my name and you'll have it. <laughs> I mean, good. How's, how's that? That's awesome. I want some of that. You know, ask anything in my name. When two or three agree, it shall be done for them. My goodness, that means that if someone in my family is having a problem, let's say, let's say I have uh, someone in my family gets a terrible illness. And I don't know how to handle it. And I can't really handle it on my own, but I can gather with people and we can agree in prayer and see God function uh, according to that prayer request. You know, it's not magic. Listen, it's not magic. Let's just get that out of the way right now. So I don't get to manipulate God and I don't get to control God through prayer. It's just not the way it works. You know, God's the one it's in control. But in prayer, I get to submit my requests and I get to submit my heart and I get to submit my mind to the one who knows everything and the one who can change everything and the one who loves me and cares about everything going on in my life and and cares about everything that concerns me. My concerns are God's concerns. He cares about all of that. And so I can go to him in prayer and I can agree with others and I can see God move on my behalf in response to those prayers. You know, sometimes I, I can remember what is it? scripture also says, you know, you have not because you haven't asked. 
He also says, seek, ask, and knock. And those verbs, those Greek verbs, those tense of verbs in that in that passage is, means that you're ever seeking, ever asking, ever knocking. So it's a consistent and persistent thing. I mean, didn't he tell the parable of the persistent widow? And he said, you know, the judge was like, oh my God, I don't want to deal with this woman, but because she keeps coming back and won't leave me alone, I'm going to give her what she asked for. And then it says, but your heavenly father is not like that judge who doesn't care. He actually is a, a God who's a father who's so good and he's so loving and he cares about everything. And so how much more will he give you if you, if you ask him, he's going to move on your behalf. And so regular prayer is really important. And why? Who modeled that for us? Well, Jesus modeled that for us, didn't he? My goodness, I can remember all kinds. I can remember the first time I came across that passage of scripture in the gospels where it says that Jesus went up on the mountain alone to pray all night long with prayers and loud groanings and tears. And I thought, wow, I don't think I've ever done that. And I, 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 I was so inspired by that, that Jesus, he's God. He's fully man. I love that Hebrews always tells us that he was a man just like us and he was tempted in all ways the way we is and he suffered just like us. Because he suffered that he can relate to us and he can be our, our high priest who understands what we go through in the human experience. But my goodness, if Jesus felt it was important to go up on a mountain all by himself and pray and cry out to God, how much more important for us in all the things that we encounter and experience? And, and if we prayed, how many more things would change? Wow, it's a huge opportunity. It's such, it's such an amazing opportunity. And as a matter of fact, um, just recently, you know, when I first started out in ministry, um, I just had such a burden to pray and I started reading. I mean, reading, reading, reading. That's usually, you know, I, I didn't usually have many mentors when I first started out. I didn't have a mentor for the prophetic. I didn't have a mentor for intercession, uh, for praying. I, I didn't have a, a mentor who would teach me even about uh, the discipleship. I just didn't. It was, it was me. And so I would turn to books. I would read. I would I would go to the bookstore. I, I'd look online. I would I would read, 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 read. And I remember getting hold of Cindy Jacobs' book, Possessing the Gates of the Enemy. It's a great book. It still is. And uh, Dutch Sheets' book um, about intercession and. Um, Oh my gosh, they just set me on a path of intercession. And when I prayed, I started seeing amazing uh, breakthroughs happen. So it's important to pray. You know, and when we pray, the other reason it's important to pray is because it it deepens our relationship with God. You know, there's no relationship that deepens, that gets more intimate without conversation. And so our conversation with God needs to be also not just one way. It needs to be two way. We need to spend time listening and I, I'll be honest with you, you know, I spend time every morning in prayer. I spend um, a few hours with God every morning when I get up. And um, and I spend time praying and I spend time listening. And sometimes I don't hear a thing. And that might be surprising to you because you think, oh, well, that prophetic person, and she goes around the world, you know. Um, but the truth is, is that sometimes it's just silent. And sometimes I, I don't hear the direction for a while. I don't always hear something every time I listen, but I spend time listening because I want to hear God's heart. And it's worth it. Sometimes just the listening, even if it's quiet, sometimes in that in that moment of silence, I'm I'm just allowed to rest and trust in God. You know, faith walk is not always singing, right? 
It's not always knowing. He doesn't tell us every little tiny detail. I mean, if he does, that's awesome. Sometimes he does tell me every teeny, teeny tiny detail about a situation or what he wants me to do. He usually sends me marching orders, but it's not every single day that I hear a whole long list and he tells me everything I'm supposed to do that day because it's a faith walk and we walk together, you know, and sometimes we walk by faith and not by sight. And it's just how it is. And, and walking by faith, not having heard what God exactly says about something, um, actually increases my ability to trust God. You know, I've gotten to the place in my life where I just understand and I, I know God loves me. And so if I don't exactly know what to do, but I, I it's time to move forward anyway, because sometimes I can't wait a minute longer, I have to make a decision, then I make that decision and I know that there's grace for me. I know that there's mercy. I know that as I begin to walk in a direction, if the direction is wrong or even off just a little bit, that God will come and he'll bring a correction. And sometimes he speaks, you know, we'll get into this in another in another podcast, another episode. But sometimes he speaks in ways that are not actually his still small voice. Sometimes it's because of a of a of a hardship or an opposition. Sometimes it's because a door closed. Sometimes it's because somebody in my life will speak up and say something and I know it's the Lord speaking. So there's all kinds of ways, situational ways that he speaks, ways he speaks through the community that you're in. And and then of course the still small voice and the way he speaks to you and the way you receive revelation. But oftentimes it comes during times of prayer. And I pray about everything. We should pray about everything. Everything should be given to God. He's the, he's the one who knows. When I pray for about things for my children and my grandchildren, he knows them better than I do. You know, this is where sometimes your spiritual, uh, your spiritual prayer life comes into your, uh, your spiritual language. I'm talking about the gift of tongues. You know, I wasn't always a Pentecostal and I was, sometimes I was afraid of the gift of tongues and I grew up in a, in a, a denomination that actually felt like it was a demonic, you know, strange fire. It's not. It's all throughout uh, the gospel. It's all throughout uh, Paul's writings, and especially in Corinthians, when he talks about uh, the gift of tongues. And I, I pray more than you all in tongues. I wish you all prayed in tongues. And um, but it's a gift that is readily available for us. And the gift of tongues is a prayer language because you know the Holy Spirit will join together with us and help us pray. And so you know, sometimes when I pray, when I've come to the end of my English words. And uh, English is my first language. It's my only language. I do speak a little bit of Portuguese. I'm learning for my Brazilian audience. But when I come to the end of my own words, my own English language, then I pray in tongues. I just allow the Holy Spirit to pray through me. And I do something like this. I actually begin by saying, um, Holy Spirit, I'm going to lift up my heavenly prayer language. And I'm asking that you would use it to pray things into um, to the Father uh, Pray things to the that I have no idea how to pray. Would you pray the missing pieces? Would you pray in the gaps where I where I haven't understood how to pray? Would you pray things that I have no revelation over? And would you pray in a way that um, that heals and fills and completes this uh, time of prayer? And then I'll just pray in tongues and I just say, I offer it up to you, Holy Spirit, and I offer it up to you, Father, in the name of Jesus Christ. And I'll pray in my spiritual language for a time. I pray a lot in tongues pretty much all day long. I pray it under my breath. I especially pray in tongues the whole time that I am writing any kind of sermon or message. So yes, we pray regularly. 
we need to pray with our heavenly language and we need to pray with our uh, with our uh, English language or whatever language it is that you speak. And, uh, and we pray with our understanding. We pray by the Spirit. So, you know, why do we need to pray? Doesn't God just do whatever he darn well pleases? Well, that's a really good question. The Bible tells us that he, that he responds to our prayers. Otherwise, why would he say? Why would he say, pray what you want and I'll respond if you pray in my name? Now, that doesn't mean that if I am a carnal person and I'm not walking with the Lord and I just have selfishness that I can pray whatever I want and expect him to answer because it says, you know, you have not because you ask not. And when you do ask, you ask for selfish gains. So, so there's something in that. There's something more to those passages of scriptures than I just get to ask whatever I darn well please. And, and he's like a big, big, happy Santa Claus ready to, to give me anything that I ask for. No, that's not true. He cares about me and he loves me and he knows what's best for me and what's best for the people around me. You know, the truth of the matter is sometimes when I pray things for people, I'm so moved by their plight and by their situation that I have... Um, that I have a mercy that is that is actually uh, goes beyond what uh, would be good for that person. You know, have you ever? I, I don't know if you've ever experienced working with someone who's an addict. Um, I've had addicts in my family, so I understand this. But you can be so merciful to them that you don't help them actually move beyond their addiction, and so you try to save them from their pain. And what you end up doing is enabling them. And sometimes, sometimes my prayers are enabling and I don't even know it. And so it's good for God not to fulfill those requests, if you know what I mean, or at least in a timing that would be more harmful for the person than it is helpful for the person, even if that includes me. In response to our prayers, God does, God does uh, move. And you know, what happens is that, see, when we submit our lives to Christ and Holy Spirit begins the work of sanctification... And as we read our scripture and we understand God's ways with his people and we begin to look at people not as they are, but how God would have them be and know what what he would want for their life, then we can begin to pray in agreement with what God wants for their life. And those are the prayers that he answers. So I love prophetic intercession. Now there is a difference between prophetic intercession and supplication. Supplication is the kind of prayer that means that we we offer unto God, we petition God for a certain thing. You know, like for me, for example, um, I struggle with migraines. I've had migraines for 14 years, maybe more now. And um, when I get them, they are excruciatingly painful and I can't function. And so sometimes they rob me of a day or two or five or more. I have actually been put in the hospital before for them because they were out of control and they couldn't get my pain under control for five whole days. Um, And so I am petitioning God for my healing. I know that God heals. I know that it's his will for me. I know it's just a matter of time. I know that he's going to heal me because he has said to me and confirmed it through other prophetic people that he's going to heal me. It's just a matter of time. And so in between time, I am offering up petitionary prayer and I am asking him to heal me and I'm declaring my my healing. And so petitionary prayer, it's petitioning God for the things that God wants for our lives, for the lives of other people, for cities, nations, neighborhoods. You know, it's not just limited to individuals. And then there is declaratory prayer. You know, there's a time sometimes when we've heard from the Lord 
and we know it's what he wants to do. And so we switch from petitioning him, asking him, consistency and asking, and we move into declaration. Declaration means that I am declaring prophetically, and it's a type of prayer. It's a it's a declaration, a prophetic declaration, that this is what God wants and this is what he's going to do. You know, I have a list of them. I actually keep a prayer notebook. I have a notebook and it has different sections. It has a section for my family, a section for my ministry, a section for me personally, a section for the leaders I know, and it has a section for the nations that I love and the things that I, that I want to see God do and that I know he wants to do. In, in those places and in those people. And I have in their petitionary prayers, you know, I have little bullet points of the things that I am praying for and petitioning God for. And then I have declarations. How I do declarations, and this might be of interest to you, is that um, actually I, I ask God what he wants to do. I know he wants to do that. And then I find a passage of scripture that that um, coincides with that, that, is, uh, that uh, confirms that God would do such a thing. And I take that scripture, I personalize it with the person's name or the nation in it. I add to it the things that God has said to me. And I use that as for like a paragraph of a declaration that I pray, I declare it out over that. So then there's declaration prayer. And then there's intercession. Some people don't understand, you know, not every prayer is intercession. And intercessors sometimes get a bad rap because, you know, have you ever sat in a prayer meeting, you're going to pray for somebody, maybe with a group of friends or in a house church, and you're going to pray and everybody says, you know, a, a three or four sentence prayer. And then you have somebody who takes it up and, and for 10 minutes, they're going on and on and on and they're praying around the whole world. Well, that person is usually an intercessor. <laughs> they have a gift for intercession. Intercession means that you are standing in the gap between that person or that event or that nation, that people group before God and you see God on his throne and you know what he wants to do and you become impassioned with a burden that comes actually from the Lord to intercede. Jesus, you know, in the Old Testament, it says, you know, why was there no intercessor? I think it's Isaiah. It says, is my arm too short to ransom? Is my ear too dull to hear? Why was it when I looked, I could find no intercessor? No one would stand in the gap. It's what Moses did. You know, he stood in the gap when the people sinned and, and God was angry and his wrath was going to come upon him and he'd stand in the gap. It's what Abraham did when he stood in the gap between Sodom and Gomorrah and what, what and on behalf of his, grand, of his uh, nephew Lot and the cities when the angel of the Lord said, we're going to destroy the cities because the cry, cry of their evil has come up before us. And he stood in the gap and he interceded. It means that you, you stay with a prayer subject until you feel the burden lift. And sometimes you'll pray for an hour. Sometimes you'll pray for six hours. Sometimes when I've had an intercessory burden, I've gone into my closet, actually literally had at one time made my walk-in closet a prayer closet. And I set up little books, you know, prayer books in there. And you can find books that actually have prayer written, written out in them, devotionals in there. And I had my prayer notebook in there and I would write what I was praying for. And then I'd, I'd draw a line after it so I could write when it was, got, when it got answered, you know, and I still do that, but now I have an office. So I do it in my office. And, um, anyway, we'd go in my prayer closet and I would begin to pray and it would seem like a half an hour pass and it was four hours. This is intercession. 
And intercession should always have an element of the prophetic in it. So what does that mean? Oh, it's so much fun. You wouldn't even believe it. Anyway, what it means is that you go before the Lord, you ask him a question about the things that are burdening you on your heart. Maybe something you've heard in the news, maybe something you've seen uh, in your family, maybe something you've seen in your city, maybe something you know in the nations or the nations, or maybe something that God woke you up with in a dream. And you ask him, how does he want you to pray? What, do you, what does he want to do about this? And then you intercede. You pray back to him the things that he is wanting to do and you stick with it until the burden lifts, however long that takes. And you may pray for a season of time. You may pray for one day. You may pray for two hours. and But when you feel it lift, it, it lifts and then that burden is over. And you know it's been done in the spirit. And when it's been done in the spirit, it will manifest in the right timing on the earth. And so prayer is not boring. It's an adventure. And when we see it as an adventure, then we enter into it with joy and with gladness. And it's important to be a person of prayer. It's important for all of us to be a person of prayer. So lastly, very quickly, how can you grow your prayer life? Spend time in the Word and make sure that you spend time with God. Mark out a time. Some of you are, are uh, owls. You know, you, you are better at night than you are in the morning. Some of you are morning birds. I'm a morning person. I like to get up very early in the morning before the sun is up and before life begins to happen and before I start getting emails and texts and all that. And um, I spend my time with the Lord then. But you know what? Put it in your calendar. Put it on your put it in your planner. Put it on your to-do list. Make sure that you do it. Mark out a time that works for you and then stick with it. You know, if you if you're new to this, you can expect that uh, all kinds of things are gonna come against your time in the beginning because it's a test from God, but it's also opposition from the enemy. It's a little bit of both. If you don't really understand how to pray and you want to learn how to pray, uh, intercede, and you want to learn more about prophetic intercession, get some books. Get Cindy Jacobs' book, Possessing the Gates of the Enemy. Uh, get Dutch Sheets' book, Praying the Impossible. Get uh, There's a number of books. Just look up Intercession on Amazon or CBD, one of those places, and, and get books. Ask, ask your, one of the leaders in your church, somebody that you know that prays. And get a book and begin to read. Let it inspire you. And then get a notebook and create a place. You know, the best way to do it, really, this is really serious. Get a place where you're comfortable. A seat, a lamp, a little basket for your books, you know, and uh, and go to that same place every day. Make that your prayer place. Make that your place to meet God and I'm telling you, something will change in your life and you're going to see God move. So that's the episode for today. Remember, never throw away your confidence and always keep moving forward. Thanks for listening to the Move Forward podcast. We'd love it if you would take a moment to subscribe and rate this podcast, then share it with a friend. Subscribing gets you every new episode automatically downloaded to your device. For more information and resources from Kim, visit our website at kimmoss.com.